Watching a baby go through the first year of development is something that is just so exciting as a parent. But I have to say that as a grandparent, it's even more exciting watching them learn to uh, crawl, watching them learn to eat, watching them learn to walk. So in this episode, we're going to talk about our newest grandchild who has learned to walk and he is on the go. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And welcome to this episode of The Grand Life. Our main topic today is going to be about sound machines. I have a little bit of a beef with them, but before we even get to that, I want to talk about this excitement that I feel because our newest grandchild just started walking. And I have to say, it's just, it's kind of just so thrilling to watch it all happen. That's the news for This Week in Grandparenting. Yeah, the big news was we got a walker. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's like the the moon landing or something for me. I mean, I have to say it was just, we didn't get to see him do it in person. We got to watch it over uh, Facebook, Facebook Messenger. Facebook Messenger. It's you know, there's an episode, there's an entire episode on this grandparenting podcast that we know a lot about. Right, the portal, <laughs> whatever. But that's what we watched it on. And it was so fun to see him walk. It wasn't the first time he had walked. We'd seen him take a few little steps, but man, he has really made some progress in just a matter of 48 hours. That's the big surprise. Yeah. He's yeah. he's negotiating turns. He does this thing where he'll uh, realize he's out of balance and then he'll lower himself quickly to, to where his seat is just a couple of inches. He'll regain his balance and then he'll pop up full height and keep going. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's funny. I was looking, reading a little bit about babies and learning how to walk and you know they do this cruising thing and then they start doing this almost frankenstein where they put their arms out to the front and they kind of just do this isn't that how frankenstein walked yeah. with his arms on the front and they do that for a little while and then the funny part was watching him the first time he really was doing it he had his arms up to the sky right which is another developmental thing they kind of put their arms up to the sky and like just... a crowd doing the wave and then he freezes at the <laughs> yeah. at the apex yeah and it didn't take him many times doing that before he pulled his arms down and used them for balance and so now he's trying to figure out i mean the next developmental part of walking is that they try to uh, figure out how much they can pick up and still stay standing, you know, what what kind of toy they can pick up and still stay standing. And, you know, it's 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 try and fail. I mean, they, they try it, they fall down, they fail, but they just get back up and they move along. So to be honest, this is not new news for any of us who are grandparents. It's right. not like we haven't seen this, this movie before. <laughs> Why is it such a thrill now? You know, I don't know. I think it's just each one, each child who gets to that point because you know that that is such a turning point for them developmentally. They are on their way. And I think it's almost metaphorical. You know, like you see it and you realize it's never going to be the same again. They're they're heading out. They're, you're going to see the back of their head more than you're going to see the front of their head. Oh. And it, it's like that for the rest of their lives. It can make me really sad thinking about it, but... You know, I'm excited, and he was ready, and it was fun to watch. So for all of you grandparents out there who are experiencing that, um, enjoy it. I know it's it's a silly little thing, but it's fun. 
Man, this has been the most beautiful week around here. And I have to say, in terms of walking, this is the best walking weather ever. It's, uh, you know, the fall and it's gorgeous. And the, the weather has turned to the point where it's like in the 60s during the day. And I don't know. What do you think? It's you're, just the best. Well, you're a fall person. I am. But who isn't? Who can you, how can you not love the fall with all the beautiful colors and... Well, you know, those of us who are summer people are having to say goodbye to warmth. Yeah, that's right. You're going to see the back of the head of, of warmth. <laughs> it's on its way out. <laughs> it's toddling, and now it's presumably it's going to fall. Stay down. <laughs> it's over. Time to worry about snow and ice and all those things. But we live in a, a part of the country where there are seasons, and I really enjoy the seasons. I love the change. And, you know, the thing about it is, it's there for a while, and then it's going to change into something else. So, you know, if you don't like this, you can just wait and enjoy something else. So that was our This Week in Grandparenting. Not the most, you know, full of all sorts of things, but it was really exciting to watch that happen. Oh, and I was going to mention, this is so funny, when um, he was a little bit younger, I bought him some shoes. The walker. The walker for his birthday. <laughs> and um, I bought him two pairs of shoes, thinking, oh, I'll get... This size and then a little bit bigger size. By the time his birthday came and he was just about to walk, um, he couldn't fit in. They couldn't jam those feet in any of those sneakers. I was so disappointed. Yeah. Now, now to be fair, he wasn't walking late. And no. he's not a little baby giganto. It's, no, he's not. But he had really uh, arched above his, what do you call that, right, uh, on oh. his feet. Okay. His, his feet were arched. Above, not the arch below, but you know, mm. the arch above was kind of heavy looking, little pa padded, not heavy, padded. And so they were trying to cram his feet into there. So if anybody needs a pair of baby shoes and decides two or four or whatever they were, let me know. I'll send them over to you. Are, are we to this now? Are we, are we now doing classified ads on, yeah, the, on the podcast? Yeah, we're giving away. Yes, we're giving away baby sneakers. I think we need to go back and script some more. <laughs> <laughs> So today we're going to talk about sound machines. I mentioned at the very beginning that this would be coming. And, you know, I have a little problem with sound machines, so I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not judging any of our children for using sound machines with their babies. But So wait um, a minute. What, are we, what exactly are we talking about? Are we talking about the things that you hear in the doctor's office that go and are supposed to make you less nervous? Are we talking about the things that our grandchildren have in their bedrooms that they sleep right. to? Yeah, isn't that the same kind of thing? Well, it is, but, you know, is one of them sort of getting under your skin in a way that the other one is not? What, well, what's the issue? It, it's just funny because whenever we go to our grandchildren's or they come here, they have their sound machines and it's like, you know, they have to have it on. And I am the kind of person who... They bring them with them. They bring them with them. Um, and I don't blame them for that. I'm just saying that when I wake up in the middle of the night, which I often do, I'm hearing these sound machines coming from all these places and I'm just thinking... I just want quiet. I, I, I'm the type of person who just wants quiet. But as I have been talking to people about sound machines, I'm recognizing that there are tons of adults who use sound machines. So like I'm... For sleeping. Yeah, for sleeping. I think I'm like in the minority. Well, let's talk about where this all came from, right? I think the, the, the first time we were exposed to this sort of thing was in public places like doctor's offices and sometimes shopping malls uh -huh. where there'd be this almost imperceptible whooshing noise mm -hmm. that, that was coming out of loudspeakers and it came to be called white noise. Here's an example of white noise. 
There's also something called pink noise, which is a slightly different mix of frequencies. White noise is supposed to be all frequencies of sound, same strength. Pink noise has a little different mathematical relationship. Here's an example of pink noise. So you can hear a little bit, a little bit of difference there. There's also this thing called brown noise. And from brown noise, here's an example of that. I think the definitions kind of start to fall apart. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. Didn't you say there's like some kind of green noise now that they're talking about? I, You know, I'm not sure exactly what I'm looking at when I see all these other things. But yeah. I think it's become more marketing than science. It started out being, you know, acoustical science. Now it's marketing. And the marketing's gotten crazy. There are podcasts now of white noise or pink noise or whatever noise. Yeah, so then if you get sick of our podcast, you can just go and turn on a pink noise. I mean, I hope we're not pink noise to you. But if you, you, know, if you want to turn or on... Or brown one, noise. That brown noise. I'd hate, I'd hate to be considered brown noise. <laughs> it does have a bad connotation, seems like. I'm thinking of diapers. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. So again, white noise is the whole spectrum of sound from very low to very high. And then pink noise is supposed to be fewer of the higher frequencies and more consistent with nature, like wind or rain, but consistent sound, like not a periodical whooshing of the ocean waves or, you know, that kind of thing, like crickets or anything that would be like a burst of sound. So pink noise is more consistently one frequency. Well, that's weird because when you start looking at these podcasts that are full of, you know, noise to help you be calm and sleep by, they include things like the sound of the ocean or the sound of the rain or the sound of crickets. Yeah. Even though it's marketed as white noise. So I think where we're at now is people are thinking about white noise being any of a number of things that might help you get your mind cleared or get your uh, self calmed down. Okay. But studies are showing that for children and for adults, if you listen to pink noise, you get a better REM sleep more quickly and for longer. So it sounds like pink noise is actually just a step up in terms of if you're going to buy a baby sound machine, and I'm going to call it a sound machine. I know you don't. What do you call it? What do you want to call it? Well, I guess the nerdy thing I'd call it as a tone generator or a sound generator. Yeah, but people don't call it that. No, but, no, I got it's it. It's just really interesting because I work in uh, I work as a volunteer in the NICU, and when I was in there last week, since I was thinking about sound machines, I asked the nurse, I said, hey, do you have sound machines here? And she said, oh, yeah, this little, she showed me this little square, and she turned it on. And uh, I said, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize you had these in the NICU because I would think that would be really good. It's like really good for babies to hear these sounds. So it's a little box that's small enough to go into the bassinet along oh, with no, the baby? Oh, no, 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 no. No, and that's the thing. Let's talk a little bit about that because while sound machines are great things for children and good for adults as well, there are some cautions in terms of how far you put the uh, sound this machine from the baby and or even yourself. Do you want to take a guess at how far you should be from it? Well, I can't guess because it all has to do with how high you've got the thing turned up. Oh, yeah. You want to explain that? Yeah. So the perceived loudness changes inversely with the square of the distance. So if you have something that's twice as far away, it's going to sound four times more quiet. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Well, if something were twice as far away from me as it had been, I would expect the loudness to be half as much. 
but it's not. It's only a quarter as much. I see. So the perceived level of the sound drops fast as you move the source away from your ears. Okay. All that said, I would think at least three feet would be wise. No, apparently seven feet. They're saying seven feet, which is not on a nightstand if your child's in the bed. Well, if it's turned way down, you might not even hear it at all. Well, at they're seven saying feet. seven feet. According to the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, mm-hmm. they should be placed about seven feet away from a baby's sleep space, and the volume should be lower than the maximum volume setting, generally no louder than 50 decibels. Okay. Which is so interesting to me because most sound machines do not have a decibel reading. And that you said the reason they have no decibel reading is because. Depends on how far away you're you're putting the thing. Right. Since decibels are a measure of loudness and loudness changes with distance, you wouldn't be able to like dial up 50 dB on the thing mm-hmm. and then no matter where you are relative to it, expect to get 50 dB, 50 decibels out of it. Right. It's like so, going to a concert. If you're way in the back in the balcony, yeah. it's going to be a lot different than if yeah. you're sitting right close up. So the practical advice sounds like don't turn it all the way up and get it seven feet away. Right, right. And the volume shouldn't be any higher than the average vacuum cleaner or hair dryer, which actually to me sounds, but I guess if it's, if the, if the vacuum cleaner is seven feet away, it's not so bad. Okay. So here's the funny thing. <laughs> the podcast series that I'm speaking of that's called White Noise includes an episode of a Hoover vacuum cleaner. Here it is. So would you listen to that for like on loop and then expect that to help you sleep? (laughs) Well, I mean, the funnier part about that is with our first child, who was very colicky, we put a vacuum cleaner next to her and used it one time until I realized that the vacuum cleaner heats up and then starts to burn the rug. (laughs) So I was like, what is is that smell? So, And it was a Hoover. It was a good old green Hoover from my parents. Um, so, yeah, not a great idea. I don't, and I don't like the idea of a, a vacuum cleaner going to sleep. But again, I mentioned that I don't like sound machines. You know, in the last year, I had to spend some time and I slept with my mom up in her room uh, after my dad died. And she had to listen to cable TV all night. And I'll tell you, that was, I thought that was like waterboarding for me. I mean, I was going to, I thought I was going to die. It was so loud and it was so disturbing for my sleep. I would, it would help me fall asleep. So legitimately, I did fall asleep with it. But then I would wake up with this kind of nightmare. It would be startling, right? Because it's so yeah, loud. Yeah, it, it her, felt like a nightmare. So her hearing has declined a little bit. And so she needs to have the volume up. And she wants that on to, what, keep her company? I, I don't know. I think it's white noise for her. I really do. So we can just call cable news white noise. <laughs> no, brown noise. <laughs> Definitely, Definitely going to call noise. it brown noise. <laughs> But yeah. what I don't understand is that these these um, noise generators, these noise yeah. sound, these sound machines, are supposed to generate sound that is supposed to help you disengage your mind. Right. I think that is what she's doing. And human speech is goes the other way. Listening to human speech can't help you disengage your mind unless unless you make a practice out of just not listening to people. Well, or unless <laughs> which is a terrible habit to get into, <laughs> or unless you just don't care what they're saying. Okay, which, which I think you know, if people drone on, you you could fall asleep to that and wake up and let it go again. So I think that's kind of the well, the idea not me. It. I guess I'm different. Yeah, you're different. We're all different. But anyway, so I thought it was just a interesting um, 
thing to think about, sound machines and babies. And so when you're a grandparent and if you get stuck in a situation where there's no sound machine but your grandchild is used to a sound machine, you can turn on your uh, telephone, right, and put it in, go to a podcast. So you have a, have a smartphone, go to the White Noise podcast. You could find an episode. So as you're, as you're uh, grandparenting, if you get stuck, and I did want to mention that it mentioned in a couple articles that I read that you should definitely put your phone on airplane mode when you're using that all night in their room. Great tip. Because yeah. if somebody sends you uh, something that is a notification, you don't want them hearing a ding in the middle of it. Well, it's also, it has something to do with radiation. Does that make any sense at all? No. Take the tinfoil <laughs> hat off your head. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's because I was listening to all that cable news. <laughs> <laughs> So that's all we've got for today. And, you know, I, we just love hearing from you. So if you are enjoying our new conversational podcast, which is, I guess, what we're going to call it, um, let us know. Uh, one way to do that is email at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com. And another is leaving voicemail at 317-572-7876. And let us know that it's okay to use your comment on the air or that it's not. And we'll just paraphrase. Yeah, I hope you're having a lot of fun because we sure are. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. You're sitting across the table from your 10-year-old granddaughter, and you're in a tense game of Monopoly. The game is dragging on, but it looks like you might be able to pull out a win if she just lands on your property one more time. So what do you do? bankrupt her or figure out a way to keep her in the game until she wins. That's next time on The Grand Life.